4: Welcome to It Could Happen Here, the podcast where we spend all of our time talking about skincare. Now, personally, and a lot of people say this is a bad idea, I enjoy using concentrated chlorine with a little bit of ammonia. Oh, um, it just cleans the pores, it cleans the grout, it 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 gets all of that pesky code out of your lungs. Um, you know, uh, uh, an entire generation of British and German and French boys all agree Chlorine gas does the trick. How are we doing? What what's this episode about?
1: Not Hi, bad.
5: welcome. Welcome to It Could Happen Here, a podcast okay. about things falling apart. And how we can maybe put them back together. Okay. I'm Garrison. Um I'll be I'll be leading leading this sode. Um with me is 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 Chris and uh this this random person that we brought on uh from the street named Robert. Yep. Um and we'll be talking about some things that are not great and kind of current problems. We, we sure um, will. <laughs> so i i spend I spent a lot of my formative youth uh, lurking, uh, studying, and kind of documenting some of the some some of the bad places on the internet. You know, uh, Nazi chat rooms, chat sites, hate, hate Facebook, hate groups. You know, whatever. The, all all of all the things. Um, and you know, growing up in Portland, Oregon, in like the twenty teens, this was this was something that felt kind of foisted upon me, as as a kid discovering my own queerness and uh, coming out of an extremely homophobic, uh, like insular Christian community. Um, meanwhile, in Portland, having you know, self described fascist march alongside gay hating Christians on my city streets, Nazis murdering people on our public transit. You know that uh, that that that. That put a lot of, uh, fellow, fellow scrawny gay kids, uh, to put on black, black hoodies and balaclavas, uh, to mace and fight far-right extremists that were, like, two to three times their size, um... But the problem is of course what uh, what 100 pound depressed teens aren't aren't necessarily the best brawlers um, under under some circumstances
4: although they can handle a a, a fire extinguisher filled with paint pretty well
5: <laughs> that's true <laughs> um, but a, a lot of us also started doing like online research and stuff um to find like the names and addresses of like fascists and members of hate groups and all, all that kind of all that kind of stuff. I, I I still remember the kind of the 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 thrill and the buzz of my first like big find uh, as as a as a baby online lurker. Um it was it, I think it was it was the leader of the uh, hell-shaking street preachers. Who was living in oh Tillamook, Oregon at the that time? Fucking prick! That that was that was the first guy I did, um, and I, I remember being very excited, being because yeah, he was he was a massive asshole. Um, so yeah, he, he's you know, he's like a you know very extremely homophobic quote unquote yeah.
4: street preacher, just a big old chode.
5: Yeah. A lot of like this like online research work wasn't wasn't just cross referencing social media posts with the white pages property records and voter registrations to send nice postcards to hate group members uh time was often spent tracking the use of like memes and cataloging and sharing uh uh, fascists uh plans for projects and events keeping keeping tabs on like their current propaganda trends that online white supremacists were were trying to were trying to push and um one of one of the things that I, I came across about about two years ago was called Operation Pridefall. This was this is one of the one of the one of, one of these like it, it was an organized campaign ran by people on Four Chan, Discord, and Telegram. I, I came across it a, a few a few days after the the plans were published online, and. If you already know what Operation Pridefall is or, or have heard that term before uh, and if you're, you know, like me and we're on similar online spaces, you've you've probably found the past few months of anti-queer propaganda, uh, the massive increase in the gay and trans people are groomer shit and the uh, uh, shutters uh, kink at pride discourse to be all very, very predictable, uh, a, a strangely familiar, like the worst case of deja vu. And in large part uh, the result of years of work behind the scenes by, by social engineering, uh, online bigoted trolls and self-described fascists. So we're going to we're going to talk today about kind of the overlap between this this thing called Operation Pridefall, uh, the groomer discourse and how that kind of feeds into Kinkit pride discourse. So three things that are not great that don't go great oh, to, that actually do kind of go great together. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, unfortunately, so. yes. So, um, a, a first, first of all, a little, a little background on the whole recent groomer thing, because we haven't actually discussed uh, the groomer stuff in depth on the pod yet. Um, we sure
4: haven't. You know why we haven't? I stupid. hate it. it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just
3: true.
5: I mean, like, whenever like horrible things happen in the news, I try to push back on just releasing an episode immediately covering it, in case we have something like actually good to say um so we've kind of waited to talk about uh, the groomer discourse stuff for a long time um and i think now is is totally is totally fine uh to do so because we've had we've had months to let it uh to let it simmer look at like the types of things they're encouraging look at all of like the um physical action they're trying to do and with pride month approaching we're going to see a resurgence of it in the next few weeks here um so as mentioned in our uh, in in our week long war on trans people episodes, uh, which was released like right before the new wave of the groomer shit accelerated, but in, in those episodes we talked about the long history of conservatives and evangelical organizations promoting the false narrative targeted at parents and like concerned citizens that gay people, especially gay men, uh, are more likely to be child predators than their heterosexual counterparts, uh, along with the idea that queer people are out to, quote, groom your definitely 100% straight child into being gay, right? Uh, so in, insinuating that they, that they can then, like, have sex with them or something. Um, it's But, yeah, they're trying to scare parents to be like, gay people are out to get your kids! Um, so it's the, the 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 actual like idea of what being a groomer means changes based on who you're talking to um in part 2 i'm going to going to quote a conservative writer who like admits this as as such but still defends the use of the term mm-hmm. um because at the very least if they they use grooming within the context of turning your again absolutely completely heterosexual child totally um into a gay person, thus they would, you know, begin to hate you and resent you as a parent for your godly Christian values. They also consider that grooming. Um, it's not It's not, It's not. not actually just...
4: As a general rule, the attitude is if they do not turn out to be the exact kind of weirdo Christian as their parents, they were groomed by somebody, and it's merely a matter of picking the topic, the person to blame.
5: Yeah, and all of that sort of rhetoric was extremely popular uh, through, like, the 80s, the 90s, and the early 2000s. Um, but then came the knots in the twenty teens, and this 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 kind of had an attitude shift, and some of that started to go away. We got we got queer eye, we got Ellen. Uh, the rate of conversion therapy started to decline. Uh, it was getting banned in more states. There was more queer acceptance in certain in certain sects of the church. Even, of course, gay marriage went national in twenty fifteen, and eventually being like aggressively homophobic became like not a good look. Uh, it, it did. It was not. You were not able to do that anymore um and still be able to have and 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 do it as like nonchalantly as you were as you used to be able to whether that's in your like tv show or whether that's you as a corporation um or you know some uh, random other sectors of public life but then of course trump got elected 2016 a year after gay marriage went national and then there's this resurgence in far-right extremism and the more kind of commonly accepted kind of nonchalant gay bashing of old gets passed down to the next freak down the line, which is trans people. So with that, the, the adage of like the disgusting groomer freaks are going to turn your kids gay turns into the gender ideology freaks are going to turn your kids trans. It's all the same stuff just passed on to the next to the next thing. Um, and th- th- so we have that like anti-trans and therefore anti-queer hate festering for a few years and this inevitably opens up the door to just a revival of classic homophobia. Um, even even liberals like Friend of the Pod, J.K. Rowling, um, and lots of the original TERFs got to apply the same homophobic rhetoric to trans people um, and gender non-conforming folks, which then obviously results in that propaganda and rhetoric being used to attack LGBTQ people on a whole once again. So it, it's, it's resurrecting these old homophobic tropes and just applying it to a new generation of queer people. Um and uh and so for this next part we're going we're going we're gonna to talk about libs of TikTok because they 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 did play a big a big part in what's what some current discourse is today and I I promise we'll get to operation pridefall here shortly just ha- just hang in there with me uh but before we talk about again other friend of the pod libs of TikTok um do you know what else it wants to turn your kids gay Oh, are you talking about the Washington State Highway Patrol? Because yes, they
4: absolutely do garrison. That's the one guarantee the Washington State Highway Patrol makes. They'll make your kids gay.
5: Okay, libs of TikTok joins the fight today. God, and, I, and, and,
4: I, I, and, I. Let's just take a moment to acknowledge how fucking frustrating it is that we have to discuss seriously. I know. libs I of know. TikTok, that it matters. <laughs> I know, like the worst. It's I terrible. Know. It's terrible.
5: I, I. People always criticize the show for being like, why do they talk about all these dumb social media things? So, I'm like, yes, I know that they're stupid, but the the bad part is is that they actually matter.
4: Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, we talk about it because of the 17-year-old trans girl in Texas who just got assaulted by, like, five dudes because she was blamed on the shooting, and she was blamed for the shooting because in part of a lot of shit that libs of TikTok helped to stir stir up, because they proved there was a market for it, that if you're, like, a right-wing shit grifter, attacking trans people is a great way to get engagement. Anyway, sorry, Garrison.
5: Yeah, so... Libs of TikTok is a social media account turned social media campaign started in April of 2021 by a Brooklyn area real estate agent named Chaya Rychik, um, who, by the way, attended the January 6th attempted fascist insurrection. Um, When when violence broke out that day at the Capitol, she actually tweeted a play by play on a previous Twitter account of hers, uh, posting videos from the crowd and uh, talking about tear gas and rubber bullets being like shot right next to her. Um, and then after she left the riot, she t- she tweeted on Twitter that uh, that the the event was peaceful compared to a BLM protest. So that's yes. Anyway, uh, five yeah, five people died. Um, we, we've so- yeah we, we've we we've we've, we've,
6: we've, we've we've now reached a part of it. We're 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 now in tragedy of as farce of the thing that happens in every single state yes. that goes fascist, where all the fascists try to do a coup and it fails, and then nothing happens, and then they take over the state like yeah. years later. Except our version of that, instead of like. I don't know, weird fascist Yakuza guys, it's the libs of TikTok.
5: It is the libs of TikTok. So, (sighs) the libs of TikTok was around, like, the third attempt by uh, Rychik to start a viral social media account. Uh, You know the saying, third time's the charm. Uh, But in this case, it actually was. So, the account's gimmick is uh, reposting and often grossly misrepresenting select clips from quote-unquote libs, uh on tiktok you know big big shocker big big, big surprise uh but th- m- more often than not that really just means posting videos of queer kids and trans people uh m- captioning it with something reactionary and then leading a targeted harassment campaign against those individuals uh on on may 31st 2021 so just about a year ago uh she made her first grooming related post just tweeting, stop grooming kids in all caps. This is the first time she tweeted anything related to grooming. Um, The day before that, she tweeted a video of a trans person um, alongside the vomit emoji and a caption that just says, men should not wear dresses, you can't change my mind. Her first super viral uh, video related to LGBTQ people was later in June, uh, next month during Pride, uh, by posting a TikTok of a kid explaining the concept of gender fluidity. A pretty, pretty basic concept. Uh, but she, uh, lives of lives TikTok commented, this is so messed up in so many ways. Uh, her, her post racked up half a million views and indicated to her that the way to grow her little social media project into a right-wing viral sensation was going to be with homophobia and transphobia. Uh, this, this is how she decided to continue her online career, essentially. She called the uh, prominent LGBTQ uh, youth suicide prevention group, the Trevor Project, a a grooming organization. And towards the end of 2021 and into 2022, she kept using that term grooming groomer uh, at at an ever increasing rate. Right. It starts starts in like May and June of 2021, continues throughout the summer and fall. And then in the fall and winter, she starts really kicking up all of the stuff around around grooming and queer people. I mean, all of her posts are already mostly about trans people and like trans people at schools. Um, obviously, she was a big part of like the, the whole school board thing from last year. So but towards the end of 2021, though, is when uh, the, the groomer thing started becoming more of a recurring trend, uh, quoting, qu- quoting Slate. Uh, Toward the end of 2021 and into the new year, Raichek found her rhythm with memes and videos calling LGBTQ people and those who supported LGBTQ youth, quote-unquote, groomers. She has even attempted to smear one of the most prominent gay men in the country as a groomer. Uh, In a deleted tweet, Raichek's account accused Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg's husband, Chastin, uh of grooming kids for his work at at supporting lgbtq youth Look, organizations
4: this isn't fair but i hate that his name is chasten
5: i know i, I know. don't like i don't <laughs> like that name I don't, I don't like that name i'm, I'm, not, a big, that I'm, I'm not a big has nothing to do with anything i'm not a chasten stan either but oh yes. it's so shocking but but yeah it's like <laughs> finding the most prominent Libby gay men and being like hey these people probably groom kids and you know that that obviously riles up their base oh, wow. yes um She's she's called for any teacher who comes out as gay to their students to be quote fired on the spot, uh, which actually has happened since then. Uh, sure this has. Is, this has happened multiple times since 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 this account has been has been launched. Um, the, the account's popularity grew alongside uh, last year's uh, racist, homophobic, and transphobic attacks on school boards across the country. She would often posting videos of queer teachers and lying about them grooming kids into being gay or whatever. Uh, She was promoting organized harassment campaigns against those teachers, uh, interspersed with tweets and screenshots of news articles about teachers who sexually assaulted students. Importantly, not posting the article, but just like a screenshot of the headline along with comments like, funny how this keeps happening, which is like neglects to mention that like all these incidents are from heterosexual teachers uh, or like that one story from last year of a cop and his wife, who was a teacher, working together to sexually abuse children. Like none of them are actually yeah. about gay people. It's all. Like- I mean,
4: <laughs> I'm not certain if a school resource officer has ever stopped a mass shooting, but I know that something like fifty of them have been fired for molesting kids.
5: Yeah. <laughs> so but like, it's 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 it, it, it's really it's really insidious because mm-hmm. she's she's posting all this stuff about you know teachers grooming kids. You know, into being like queer teachers grooming kids, like uh, alongside headlines of teachers actually assault, like sexually sexually assaulting kids, but those headlines are all of stories about heterosexual teachers, (laughs) like. But you know, so she posts both of those things, so it's like a to like to have this correlation for for her audience, despite them not actually being related because yeah lips of tiktok sure ain't posting about how cops should be kept away from kids for the safety of the children um they're 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 never gonna post about how
6: many people who do the grooming stuff have been arrested because like several of the organizers of 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 this whole like gay people are like grooming kids thing like have been arrested for child abuse since this started which
5: yeah gonna show up (sighs) No, it's not. It's never it's never going (sighs) to matter. But, you know, posting and lying about queer teachers grooming children next to headlines about teachers sexually abusing kids to manufacture this correlation, which is, of course, false, but it's still highly effective. Now, believe me, I would love to not talk about Twitter nonsense, but unfortunately, Twitter accounts like clips of TikTok actually do play a massive role in shaping offline conservative politics. Uh, Libs of TikTok was very soon being interviewed by New York Post, being boosted by Joe Rogan, going on Tucker Carlson, uh, other Fox News hosts like Jesse Waters began featuring content straight from the Libs of TikTok Twitter feed, uh, and Tucker encouraged his viewers to follow the account before it's banned if you want to know, quote, what may be happening in your child's school. Last March, when Libs at TikTok posted a video of a woman teaching sex ed to kids in Kentucky, like, you know, preteens or whatever, uh, she called the woman a-, a predator. And the next evening, the same clip was featured on Laura Ingram's Fox News program with the host saying, When did our school, any of any schools, become, become what are essentially grooming centers for gender identity radicals? Um, So yeah, this is just content straight from TikTok being put onto the most watched news programs in the world. Um, And as we'll see, also being taken in by some of the most powerful conservative politicians. Uh, Mainstream conservative politicians quickly joined in in the tooting of the libs of TikTok grooming horn. Uh, Obviously, uh, Ron DeSantis is a big, big part of this. Uh, One of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' top aides and press secretary is a huge fan of of TikTok. Um, and is uh, in frequent communication with them. Quoting the Washington Post, quote, By March 2022, libs of TikTok was directly impacting legislation. Ron DeSantis' press secretary, Christina Pershaw, credited the account with, quote, opening her eyes and informing her views on the state's restrictive legislation that bans discussion of sexuality or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade, referred to critics as the Don't Say Gay Bill. The bill has been, uh, unquote. So, this bill has has already been used to get middle school teachers fired uh, for 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 saying that they are not straight, um, and you'll you'll notice that middle school is not in kindergarten through third grade. Uh, so remember when we were all saying, "Hey, the actual it actually doesn't matter that the bill says it's only up for kindergarten through third grade; it's just going to be applied for anyone." Yeah, turns out we were right. Uh, so it's this the bill's already been specifically cited in the firing of, mul- of multiple teachers from Florida uh, for for uh, just not not you know conforming to the heterosexual Christian hegemonic worldview and Libs of TikTok is still currently among the most prominent influencers affecting actual material conditions and shaping both the rhetoric and propaganda while impacting legislation. Um, friend of Libs of TikTok uh, and DeSantis' press secretary, Christina Pershaw, has said, quote, "...the bill that liberals inaccurately call Don't Say Gay would be more accurately described as an anti-grooming bill. If you're against the anti-grooming bill, you probably are a groomer, or at least you don't denounce the grooming of four- to eight-year-old children. Silence is complicity. This is how it works, Democrats. (laughs) This is how it works, Democrats, and I didn't make the rules." So yeah, see see how we have see see how that works. You call you call the "Don't Say Gay" bill a anti-grooming bill. So then everyone anyone who criticizes it is now a groomer. Isn't, isn't that a fun way to play with words? Isn't that nice?
4: That is a fun way to play with words, Garrison. Uh-huh. I love it.
5: <laughs> so the the past few months we've seen this you know queer people are groomers meme reach seemingly uh never never before seen heights. And uh and at least is is and at the very least is the highest and most memetic it's ever been in the past two decades. Uh, you know, it's and it's really building off of all of the kill your local p- pedophile shit, right?
4: It and, sure is.
5: It's it's Yo. the Robert, do you want to briefly briefly talk about Kill Your Local Local yeah, Pedophile? I mean, it's a
4: bunch of bumper stickers, it's a slogan. Like, I know dudes who are not at all fascists and say that because they're like new dads and they're horrified at the but like the whole like the core of it is this right wing. And it kind of started off in, like, the sort of libertarian gun nut communities, but it's 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 really used a lot as sort of – it's a group that you can talk about doing anything to. You can talk about killing. You can, like, fetishize murdering. Um, and if you can then, like, define other groups as inherently pedophilic, then you can do anything to them, right? Like, that's the basic idea is if you, if you get yeah. people saying it's always okay to use vigilante violence against this group. Um, and obviously no one's gonna fucking defend child molesters, but then you start Making the case that people who are not in fact molesting children are somehow pedophiles, or you know, or somehow related to pedophiles, and then suddenly it's okay to kill them. It's okay to do violence.
5: Against massive them. social groups, like yeah. all of gay and trans people. So yeah. if if you conflate these two things, you're able to make these things re- represent the same like, thing in someone's mind. That makes homophobia now not a bad thing, but like a moral imperative. Like you have yeah. to be homophobic because these people are grooming children.
6: Yep, and and you, you can get you get this interesting thing too, which. Like, there are people who are, like, not quite as far in who will do, who will say, I see things a lot where it's, like, someone's like, oh, well, I don't have a problem with gay people, but, like, they shouldn't groom kids. And it's like, yep, this is,
4: that's not what's happening, bro.
6: Yeah, no.
5: (laughs) Do you know, do you know what else doesn't groom kids?
4: I mean, the Washington State Highway Patrol definitely <laughs> does, Garrison. Right. But let me tell you, if you want somebody to groom your children, the Washington Highway S- State Highway Patrol will do that. But you know what they won't do is protect those children in the event
6: of danger because that might endanger them. So- no, well, look, look. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, right, someone is, tr- someone is killing your kid, and you need to get pepper sprayed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when that time calls – you you will beg for the Washington Highway State Patrol.
4: Well, you'll beg for a different police department. But when those police get in trouble because of their failure to act, then the Washington State Highway Patrol will show up to protect those cops.
5: Anyway, here's here's the bads.
1: Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year
5: We are back. Um, so as the queer people at groomers shit was reaching the most memetic and the highest rate of, of, of trending that, it's, that it has had in, in decades, this past April, at the height of the recent increased wave of anti-queer legislation and anti-LGBTQ rhetoric, um, this this is when some terminally online teenagers tried to start kink at pride discourse once again. And I I do not want to talk about this, but I've written stuff about it, so I'm going to. <laughs>
6: this was le- legitimately, when I was like thinking about, I like, realized I was gay, and I was like, oh my god, I should come out. And then I would, my, like, one of the things that I spent a long time thinking about was, does this mean I have to do Can't Get Pride discourse? And, and this for is long, like a
5: serious for a long consideration time, I for me. For a long time, I would have said, no, of course not. I'm never going to do this. But Why no, would I we're do that? doing it live. But here we are. <laughs> so... Anyway, uh, doing kink kink at pride discourse uh, then, and even still now, while the anti-queer onslaught is accelerating at the highest pace it's had in years, uh, sure seems to be like dumping fuel in the fire. Uh, What's up with that, kids? Why? Uh, So anyway, uh, the discourse itself revolves around whether uh, kink apparel or paraphernalia uh, render the pride space unsafe for minors or quote-unquote non-consensual observers uh heavy heavy quotation marks there by the way uh but also it is heavily rooted in assimilationist and respectability politics and a push for lgbtq people to be seen as uh more acceptable or more normal while still existing in a heteronormative society um and now obviously i'm not a fan of this discourse happening in the first place especially now like why are you doing it now during all the groomer stuff stop it that's Stop it! Don't do that! Quit it! Why are you doing this? Uh, but first of all, I also want to point out how this entire discourse runs on the same train of thought that fuels all of the Scrinumer stuff in the first place. It 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 it's picking at the same part of human brains. So here's I'm I'm gonna read this post that went super viral about a month ago that that sparked that sparked the new wave of this uh, much, much frustrated discourse. Quote, LGBTQ youth being uncomfortable with kinks at Pride is not homophobia. Kinks at Pride might have been fine if this was still the 1900s, where adults were the only ones attending Pride, but it's not the 1900s anymore, and now kids are way more involved in celebrating our identities. The celebrating our identities part there is really important, and we'll we'll talk about this more soon, but. Lar- largely in the past, like twenty years, there's been this shift with queerness and sexual orientation being less about who you fuck and more like a personality aspect or a social identity with a branded aesthetic. Um, it's it's this, it's like it's it's which is in some ways good. Like it, it's some ways good that people are more able to express themselves however they want. But you know, kids at school aren't getting bullied for being gay anymore. Uh, which again is good well less Uh,
6: than they were
5: they're they're getting bullied less somewhat depending on where you live yeah but it's also kind of it's made people forget the whole like uh like gays bash back or gays don't bash back but shoot first like it's forgot we don't have that that's not as a core component of queerness anymore because queerness is now able to be kind of more safe and sanitized uh and it's it's a right. It's like it's and it's 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 a personal identity in a way that it's n- it's not just about who you fuck anymore. It's like this like personal identity aspect, um, which I'm not saying is bad. It's just that there's this thing that's happened that's changed the way we talk about sexual orientation. Hey, quick pause. This is Garrison from the future here. Just popping in to clarify a bit on what I mean regarding this note on identities and identifying as various shades of queer. What I'm getting at is that, when observing some of the baby queers around my age, or maybe a bit younger, queerness is seen as a more available option for young people when putting together their personality or sense of self, and more separated from the nitty-gritty details of who you fuck, now that queerness is generally more tolerated. Now, don't get me wrong, I do like the idea of being free to choose queerness, in, in many ways, I consider myself as having chosen to be gay. The thing about framing that as your quote-unquote personal identity, as opposed to simply choosing to be what you are, is that the former lets you wield that quote-unquote identity against other people or other queer people that disagree with you. It's, it's this thing where queerness is filtered through the lens of brands and like brand recognition— which is definitely made worse by social media, dating apps, personal profiles, and personal bios. And it's part of this cultural push to, like, have everyone create their own personal brand. And, like, I don't want to identify as genderqueer. I just am genderqueer. I don't identify as gay. I just like catboys, therefore I am gay. It's a different ontological framing and one that I think is less susceptible to heteronormative assimilationist ideas and, like, the capitalist marketing to queerness as a brand or as a market demographic. If your queerness is a personal identity that's more sanitized, more approachable for a heteronormative society, then you get to use your identity to attack gay people whose queerness is more based in deviant sexuality and alternative communities. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna read a, 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 the the follow up tweet to this to this thing that sparked the new discourse. Quote: Not even all LGBTQ adults are comfortable with seeing kinks at Pride. There's nothing from there's nothing stopping you guys from adjusting or having after events strictly for adults who want to partake in that. Y'all need to adjust so that every LGBTQ person feels comfortable attending. So let's let us let us just do some like queer history here for a sec. Uh, the, the first Pride was a riot. Um, on, 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 on that night in June in 1969, uh, nice, uh, the police raided the uh, Stonewall Inn, uh, one of the largest private, pr- private gay clubs in the U.S. at the time. The patrons of the bar, uh, you know, trans women of color, homeless queer teens, drag queens, lesbians, and leather daddies fought back. Uh, lots of trans teenagers uh, threw bricks at cops, and like a fair number of those trans teenagers were also sex workers uh kink including you know like leather daddies and lots of aspects that we now view as as like kink or bdsm has been a part of pride since its literal inception like way back in 1969 um and while like while drag isn't considered kink now in 2022 it still is considered sexually deviant but back in like the 20th century uh, in in you know in in 1969, New York City still had laws that prohibited cross-dressing. So drag used to be way more kinky than it is now, uh, and like basically all queer sex used to be unacceptable kink. And many yeah, it was as- illegal. It was literally yeah, or, illegal, or just a crime. And yeah, it many- was a
4: crime in Texas until. Like 2003, the year I, like, the, I think the law like, right, right around
5: when I graduated high school. 2003 <laughs> was when the Supreme Court said also, that it, it's no longer an, an enforceable law. Also, in it the state might go of back to, Texas, to being it's illegal, illegal,
4: again. To, well, it's illegal to. And it's still illegal to own more than five dildos.
5: Yeah. I, is it six or is it five? I think it's five, but it might be six. So, like, all queer sex used to be unacceptable kink, and many logistical aspects of gay fucking used to happen in public. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna quote an article from them.us. Quote, For some people, gay rights and gay liberation do not hinge on particulars of sexual desire. For years, I've heard that we aren't just our erotic identities. But for many of us, it does begin there, and it does revolve around the ways we organize our erotic choices. Before LGBTQ plus people had pride parades, our community spaces were not just bars, but... Cruising spots like bathhouses, dungeons, and public restrooms. It should be no surprise that many queer folks find their sex lives and their sense of community to be intertwined. BDSM, subversive sexuality, and leather culture have enjoyed a long history within the LGBTQ rights movement. They are inherent expressions of queer culture and sexuality. Being free to signal your sexuality out in the open within a queer context is the entire point of pride. So, like, all of this discourse around pride and kink of pride reflects a modern but regressive idea that sexuality is inherently damaging to see, experience, or think about in a public context, especially if that sexuality is inherently queer. And there's this other idea that we see a lot of in this type of discourse, and it's mirrored a little bit with, like, the groomer stuff, too, that if you see someone quote-unquote, engaging in kink, and, like, in the case of Pride, that's, like, what? Wearing a collar, a harness, or a pup mask? That just the act of observation is somehow a violation of consent. Uh, it, <laughs> and it's really frustrating, because indication of sexuality in a non-vanilla sense, while in public, is not a violation of consent. Like, I didn't consent, quote-unquote, consent to see the Rainbow Cops, Right. <laughs> But public indication of sexuality is not a consent violation. And again, indicating sexuality is like the entire point of pride. Weaponizing, quote-unquote, consent to call out people that we see but don't interact with, who are, quote-unquote, dressed too sexual in our own mind, is bad for multiple reasons. It also potentially dilutes legitimate claims of non-consent in cases of actual sexual violence. And it's it's like this thing, like if you look at someone in a pup mask, there is no consent violation there. That's a really weird thing that people that people talk about. And it's not it's not like I, I'm not trying to start fights on the Internet uh with like these tender queer children um because like and I, I don't want anyone to find like these like, you know, months old posts and start harassing these people. But that post has like over 30,000 likes and thousands and thousands and thousands of retweets. And it basically just repeats like old queer bashing talking points that conflate kink and queer visibility with public sex that endangers children. And like conflating gays being visible and semi clothed with being like dangerous to children are the same talking points that it gets used for book bans conversion therapy and the don't say gay bills right this idea that if you look at a gay person shirtless that's dangerous to a kid that's the same that's the same underlying motivation that fuels all of this gruber discourse uh it, it's it's the whole thing where it's like i'm okay with gay people i just don't want to see it right it's like th- th- that 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 idea in and of itself is like is is still like exists on that you know I didn't consent to look at it t- type of thing, uh, you know, there's this, this is other other tweet from somebody being like, forcing people to see kinky stuff without consent is really weird, I'm sorry but I don't want pup masks at pride events for families, I saw that shit in real life and it made me uncomfortable, don't involve other people in their kinks if, if they don't consent. And like looking at someone in a mask isn't involving you in any of these kinks. You're, if you're looking also, at someone like, in a leather mask, that, like if that makes you uncomfortable, that that's your problem, You not don't else's. have a
4: right to not be uncomfortable with how people look or are in public. Look, every time I go out into the world, I see something that makes me uncomfortable. Um, I see a lot of people with children. Now, do I think it should be legal to have children? No, yes, but we it do. Is. I do think that it should be. It should be illegal, exactly. So I, like, look, we all have to deal with things that make us uncomfortable.
6: Look, um, we, like we, we have a clear solution here. The, 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 the way to deal with events not being family-friendly is to get rid of families.
4: That's exactly right. We have to eliminate the concept of the family.
6: Yeah, come and, on, come on. Com- Communist Manifesto. What, this is 101 shit, people. We can, oh, you we were, can do you were, this. Oh, you were,
4: you were quoting from the Communist Manifesto, huh? Okay, that's interesting. That's, that's not where I got it from.
5: <laughs> but I, I, I feel like... I feel like a lot of these people, many of them like young teens, who are complaining about being forced to look at "quote unquote" inappropriate things at pride, have never actually been to a pride. Yeah, because <laughs> most of most of modern pride is like really sanitized and chill. Like it's like it is it is overrun with corporate sponsors, politicians, and cops. Like you you are you you are way more likely to see armed police at like a pride mm-hmm. march than you're than you'll be likely to see like. Hits or like gags or whatever. Like, most I
4: mean, it's funny to me because, like, I started going to these, and this is before the internet was what it was or moral panics were what they were. But, like, in Texas, I would go to these events where there would be people of all ages and families. These are like little burning regions. People would be like, at like uh, on the big night when people are doing like the fire shows and the fireworks stuff, people would be like, fucking and like manning flamethrowers like while having sex there there were like there was a whole chunk of it that was just like the kink row and you could walk down it and watch people get like whipped and fuck a sibian and stuff it was just like i don't remember any of this fucking like the only discourse was like well okay we should probably like make sure that people know where that kind of stuff mainly happens so that like they don't have to walk around it if they
5: don't want to but like it was but yeah it's like this idea that like not even full nudity, but like mm-hmm. semi nudity within a queer context is inherently more dangerous to children. If it's if if it's in a queer context than a straight context, right? We have all of these even like queer kids come like complaining online what? about being forced to see things at Pride. Just like they would see way more skin if they went to like a beach in the summer. Like it's. It's, it's, it revolves on the same homophobic idea that, like, if, if if you look at these things in a queer context, that is, like, more adult than looking at it within a straight context.
4: Yes. Um, it's, I don't know,
5: frustrating. And like, and, and, and it's frustrating. And, like, and, and another, another reason why that I think many of these, like, baby leftist... Tender queers are who are who are crusading against kink at pride and complaining about like leather and or like sexy underwear. Um, Lots of them even. uh, First of all, most of them, I think lots of them haven't been to pride because there hasn't really been pride for the past two years. And lots of these people are like 15 years old. Um, But a lot of them also just like admit to never going to pride because they're too terrified to see a pup mask. Like, they openly say, like, I'm, I've never been because I had, don't want to see these things. I'm like, sure, you're allowed to do that, but then don't make, don't, like, <laughs> don't campaign against King yeah, of Pride, which will look, result in your posts getting used by, uh, like, homophobic trolls and bigots. I don't go 30, to Chicago likes.
4: because I don't want to see a deep dish pizza, but I don't try to ban them. Like, like I understand time, that that's the thing you people like.
5: Like, the first time I saw Pup Mask was at fucking Comic-Con like it's like like, you, like it's not you don't see like band put masks from comic con like what like these and, and the, these people like these kids are are basing their fears off of like a few viral photos that are often shared in a disingenuous context now well, we'll talk about these photos in a bit but you know these these people are like 15 years old have never been to pride and are just like simply terrified of like actual sexuality, like they they enjoy they they engage with queerness as like a personal identity and stuff, but once they get into like the nitty gritty of like sex, that makes them really uncomfortable because they're teens because they're kids. That that's okay. You can be uncomfortable with sex. That makes sense. That is that is appropriate for your age, but then don't make your entire online presence about trying to shut down this massive aspect of queer history, because um, like the kinky stuff that I've seen at Pride. Is yeah on par with what you see at Comic Con. I often will see more more nudity at Portland's Comic Con than I than I will at any of the Pride events I've been to. Um, like all all of the more like openly like f- fetish folks or kinky folks are really responsible and act pretty appropriately at Pride. And and the people who like say otherwise online generally just have not actually been to Pride in their entire life, because um, like this complaining about quote-unquote like inappropriate fetishes or like kinky conduct is basically code for I am uncomfortable with you being positive about the way you view sex and I want you to not show it and I want you to not and I want you to not talk about it which is the same underlying thought process that people use to be homophobic it's the it's the exact same thing um now a, a lot of this discourse oversimplifies kink and BDSM um, right? Queerness can be about, it can be about love, it can be about, it can be about sexual attraction, um, and both, uh, or sometimes, uh, for, like, asexual people, the, in lacking one or the other, um, or both, uh, but, but by that same token, right, kink, leather, and BDSM aren't all exclusively about sex, right? To a large extent, they're also about community building, um, and I just think these, these, like, earnest think-of-the-youth arguments are very silly, because uh, even when it comes to youth, because if you're uncomfortable with things, that's totally fine. But in a lot of cases, like queer teenagers also have sex, uh, generally with other queer teenagers, sometimes even in a kinky context. And that's okay. Pride is about celebrating everyone's individual ability to do that. And I I don't like it when when people just rehash old homophobic talking points to to and especially during during all of this all of this groomer discourse, because <sighs> A key key part of key part of kink, a key part of like queer sex is is uh is consent. And once you start you start conflating what consent is by saying that me looking at you wearing a collar is a violation of consent. Once you start undermining what consent actually means, that's like not a good thing. It's actually not a that is actually a bad thing, especially right now during all of the dur- during all of the, all of all of the groomer stuff. So that is we are we've gone kind of over on on time here. Um, but uh, we're gonna make we're gonna make this a two-parter in, in the next episode we'll talk a bit more about like tender queers and we'll actually get into the the plans of operation Pride fall and talk about how we kind of got to this point because man there's a lot of kids sharing uh, sharing pictures online and oh boy do those pictures originate in some uh, dubious dubious places um so that, that that does it for us today we will we will see you tomorrow um, Pride's fun we should. Not police what other people do. So, yeah. Anyway. Bye. Bye.
2: It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources.
3: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys,
0: back at the playground again, huh?
2: Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country.